Good morning. I'm Karen Adebani, and this is TKO. And this morning's support for KZYX comes from our members and Gallery Bookshop on Main and Caston Streets in Mendocino Village. Open for in-person and online browsing seven days a week from 10.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. They also offer home delivery and ship anywhere in the world. For more information, gallerybookshop.com or 707-937-2665. Good morning. Um, today, this morning, on the air with me is the County of Mendocino's CEO, Carmel Angelo. Carmel, are you there? I am. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have to say, this is the first time I've had Carmel on the air. In fact, the first time I dis- even had a conversation with her was Thursday afternoon after we decided when I was telling her the direction I wanted this um, conversation to go. Um, thanks so much for coming on the air. It's been 12 years you've been uh, CEO of this county. Wow. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Karen. I appreciate it. Can you get closer to your mic just a bit? I'm picking up. I can. That'd be great. I'll turn up the volume, but that's good. Is that any better? Yeah, that is. I can turn it up. So, okay, good. You, um, and let me just say, congratulations on making it 12 years. Um, I don't know if you know, I've been watching county politics since the late 90s on the air, been through a lot of CAOs. <laughs> Um, watched a lot of CEOs go down the down the road before you were um, in that position. Um, I don't, I can't. I mean, the numbers are there, of course, but uh, ne- uh, twelve years beyond that, I think Al Beltrami was the longest reigning person in that position. I don't think anybody Al else Beltrami, has beat that. Yeah, Al Beltrami was the longest uh, sitting CAO at twenty five years, yeah. and then. The board brought him back on an interim basis. And when I started in 2007 as the Health and Human Services Director, Al Beltrami was the uh, acting CEO and he hired me. Yes, very good. That's right. So originally, let's just get a little bit of history. Um, You came to the county in 2007 uh, for Health and Human Resources uh, Department Director, correct? Health and Human Services, which yeah. was made up at the time of social services, behavioral health, and public health. Um, and then uh, we went into the recession in 2008, and you stepped up to be the CEO in 2010, correct? Right. In 2009, I was asked to... Actually, I started in June of 07 with Health and Human Services, and in September of 09... I was asked to take the assistant CEO position, which I did, and then five months later, then CEO Tom Mitchell left, and I moved into the CEO position. So I've been the CEO since March of 2010. And I so when I leave, it'll be 12 years. It'll be years, right? March. It's going to be exactly 12 years. I looked it up. Um, So in that time period, as being the CEO. You've, I tried to go back and look at some history to count it up. I think I counted up 13 different supervisors you've had to work with over that time period, I believe is about right. That's about right, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That, that's a lot of different um, personalities, let me just say. A lot of different experience um, of people to be dealing with, to work with as a CEO and to guide the county and 
you know, get them up to speed as to what goes on with the county. So I congratulate you on that. That must have been a, a challenge, and I'm glad it was you, not me. <laughs> so thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, one of the one of the things I wanted to do today is is that I wanted to get because you're leaving, and I try to do these shows. I try to inform our community and our listeners. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me. Is I know the county structures and what goes on at the county levels, and all the way down to you know filling potholes, can be a mystery to all of it, me even included, because I see it from the outside. I'm not part of the county structure, so I want is hoping that you can kind of help us all learn. You know, what does the what does your position entail? Because there are some topics that are going to come up with changing back to the CAO from a CEO system, which will I will be covering in the future. But I want to get an idea of um, overall how many departments you oversee, how many people you oversee. I keep hearing about all this power the CEO has, but when I mm-hmm. took a chance, when I actually looked at the structure, I printed out the uh, organizational chart for the county to see how many departments I have there are and how many how much control you have. So just give us an idea of the position and what it really entails. Okay. Just a, just a well, little synopsis. Just a little synopsis. Okay. You don't have to get down All right. and nitty You know what I mean? I, I will. The very, high points. Thank you, Karen. Yeah. Okay. So very briefly, the chief executive officer works for the board of supervisors, and there has been a lot of misinformation out in the public and some of the misinformation was that with the chief administrative officer that person reports to the board of supervisors but with the chief executive officer the board of supervisors reports to the ceo that is absolutely incorrect whether you have a cao or a ceo that person works for the board of supervisors so in my 12 years in this position i have worked for multiple supervisors and different legislative bodies, different boards of supervisors. The CEO ordinance, which was developed back, um, you know, I don't have the date, sometime around 2004, 2005. Yeah, it's 2005. Yeah. So when that was developed, uh, what what the goal was at the time, and then when you talk about different supervisors, that was um, Supervisor Delbar, Supervisor Wattenberger, Supervisor Pinches, um, and then I believe before my time, you had Supervisor Shoemaker um, and uh, Supervisor Wagonette was in there. So there were a lot of different ones. But the goal was to improve county services by moving to a business model. That was the goal. And how that board at the time wanted to move to a business model was to go from an administrator to an executive and then to have that executive coordinate all activities. So I have five department heads that report to me, Karen. And and that, of course, was always health and human services and general services when we had general services, planning and building, human resources, and the Department of Transportation. All other department heads reported to the Board of Supervisors, but I have been responsible for ensuring if there's an issue with them to coordinate uh, with the board and that particular department head to uh, bring those department heads to the board, their performance evaluations. And then also you have the five elected positions and then you have the chief probation officer who reports to the court. So when you look, if, if someone from the public is looking at the city and looking at the county, it's a very, very different structure because you have a city manager 
who is at the top reporting to the city council, but everybody in that system reports to the city manager. A county system, in my opinion, is extremely fractured because you have the departments, which you've already talked about, then you have the elected officials. The elected officials report to the public. Um, so it's, it's a very, it's a fractured system. So people will work together if they want to work together. There is not the, uh, the requirement of working together, which honestly makes it somewhat difficult when you have projects that cross multiple departments and you want to get those departments done on time and on budget. And what and here's here's where I um, turn to you because you've got you've got statewide experience that and information that I don't have and haven't you know would really dig deep for this structure that we have in our county is this similar to other counties in the state of California is it unique yes. to us I mean no, how do we fit no. in with that with the other counties it, it's county government the problems or the issues or the challenges, however you want to put it, that we have in Mendocino County are very similar or the same to what is experienced in other rural counties and, in fact, in some of the larger urban and suburban counties. And so that's why we have statewide associations that work for us and advocate for us at the state and federal level. So, no, it's the, the, the one, well, let me just say, one of the big challenges for the board today is that they took an action uh, very recently to consolidate two elected positions, and that was the treasurer tax collector and the auditor controller. And the board had the legal right to consolidate those positions and those offices. So what that means going forward is this year for the election, there will not be a separate treasurer tax collector and a separate auditor controller it will be one position that will be those four functions in that one position. How that's going to look, how that's going to roll out, I honestly don't know. Um, the board uh, plans on working on that um, closely between now and the time that the position uh, becomes a, um, goes up for election. So, you know, it's, it's a big challenge. There are counties that have consolidated those positions and have successfully consolidated those positions, but those counties have not had the opposition that Mendocino County has had. And, you know, not to, um, you know, a plug for the board here is that this board really emphasizes change. They really want change, and they really want to improve services to the public. The issue of the consolidated position and not to spend too much time on this, but this is about governance for the county. That consolidated position is something in my 12 years as CEO that almost every board has wanted to do and has attempted to do. This board drew either the short straw or the long straw, however you want to look at it, because with the auditor leaving, which Mr. Weir did most recently last year, and with the treasurer stating that she will be retiring this year, it's a perfect opportunity to consolidate those offices and those positions. And so, you know, that that's what's happening. I think it's a big challenge for this county. 
I think I actually think it is one of the biggest challenges. And and Karen, I know you want to ask me a question, but let me say this. No, no, no. You're doing great here. No, you're doing great. This is exactly where I wanted to go with this. Exactly. So, so Karen, one of the things that my colleagues and I say is never give a CEO a microphone. (laughs) So (laughs) I'll tell you that ahead of time. But but (laughs) the point the point is that there is this tremendous focus on CEO versus CAO. That position is one person. I am one person. I am absolutely indispensable. I walk out of here, this county continues. When you talk about the combination of the treasurer and the auditor, that is, that is a huge endeavor for this county. And it's one that could really affect major change. And, you know, that does not seem as important as whether we go to CEO or CAO. And I, I find it surprising because to me, you know what, CEO, one person, that's it, one person who reports to five people, you know. And so I, I guess I just don't see it as that big a deal. Maybe I have been here too long, and that's why I don't see it as a big deal. But this issue with the auditor and treasurer and how that moves forward is really something that um, the public needs to be aware of. And, and again, I commend the board. This was a very brave move, but now it has to work. So they did it. Now they have to implement it. And how is that going to work when there's such tremendous opposition? And, you know, I think it's it's 50-50 if you ask any member of the public that's paying attention whether they think it's a good idea or a bad idea. And I don't think it's any secret that the assistant auditor and certainly our existing treasurer and our assistant treasurer, all three of them, you know, do not support that move. And they have very good reasons why they don't. Well, and this is, I have, I've mentioned this, just to let you know, I've mentioned this several times on the air since it came up. I thought that, yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I do not understand the positions enough to know. That's why I wanted to ask you about it, but I will be covering it more. But I thought it was going to be a vote as to whether to combine them or not. And then all of a sudden, kabam, they're combined. And the only thing we, the voters, get to worry, concerned about is who gets the position. Um, and this is a these are critical positions in the county. Um, so yeah, I would I'm going to be doing more. I'll do a whole show on that probably coming up because this is this is election. The person that's going to be running for this position this is in June I believe this happens. So this is coming down the pipe really fast. Um, this takes reminds me back. I think it was prior to you being in the county when we combined the assessor. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, election offices, voter reg, voter registration office, and the assessor's office, and that was a big one. But that happened at the time because Dwayne Wells retired as the assessor, and that gave the county, the board, the chance to combine them. So, yeah, the internal structure of how the county operates it, it is it's bulky and. Uh, fragmented, as you had stated in the past. So uh, this will be a topic that I'm going to try to, I will watch and try to get both of those on because I think it's going to be a challenge. It was a challenge when they combined the assessor uh, election office. It was a big challenge. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be... Karen, Karen, for for your information, I believe believe that January 25th, there, uh, there, there may be a very short dialogue about this. And I, I do believe that um, the board is looking at forming an ad hoc to work uh, with the parties involved on this position. So I would say to you, as you want to move forward with reporting to the public on this, to stay tuned 
between now and the end of the month and see if there's any action. Um, and certainly any supervisor that you talk with could speak to this. Yeah. And well, the, last thing I'll, the last thing I'll say about it, I know you want to move on, is that it's very challenging. We know that. I do commend the board for, for being courageous enough to take this step. Counties that have moved in this direction have not been sorry that they've moved in this direction. And I think it's part of what we'll see in the future because this county cannot continue the way it does. So anyway. No, that's so good. That's this is I what I need to do. Yeah, and um, I'm going to just put in a little dig here. Uh, I find it fascinating they would put together an ad hoc committee to discuss this after they've already decided to do it. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen some well, because they. I might. Yeah. I'm just going to say it, and then we need to move on because I only have an hour uh, left, or a little less than that. Um, is that I think the the approach, the way this was handled, kind of alienated both of those departments. I'm just going to put that mm-hmm. out there. Okay, that's mm-hmm. my personal yeah. feeling. I don't think there right. was enough collaboration within these departments to say, "Hey, we're thinking about this. What do you think about?" It? So anyway, let's drop that. Um, We've, I'll get back to that. I'm not going to let that one drop. Uh, just let me take a moment to say I'm Karen Adebani. My guest today is County CEO um, Angelo Carmel, uh, Carmel Angelo. She's been here 12 years. She's leaving. It's not quite an exit interview. I'm, I'm trying to get from her the, you know, like the 30,000 view of the county because she has worked with a lot of the, all the other counties. She's um, on the committees for, um, oh, what is the name of that? Oh, California Association of County Executives, which you have won awards for, for being so, done, the work you've done. And you've seen how the county operates in comparison to other counties. And I feel like sometimes we try to recreate the wheel where we could look to other ways and see what's going on. So just to step back and look at that, as a county, as Mendocino County, and there are, there's uh, like 20-some counties that are smaller population than us in the state. So comparing us to other smaller counties, how are we doing? Are we, you know, we've gone through disasters, we've gone through the recession. Compare us to other counties. Are we... Are we doing okay? Are we on the right track, would you say? So, the, we, uh, we are a, a small rural county that is um, somewhat impoverished. And uh, as long as we have no growth, that will continue. So, the counties, the smaller rural counties that uh, have had some development and have some growth, Um, are doing certainly better than others. This county, I would say that, you know, in the 12 years I've been here, that uh, there hasn't been a lot that's changed. And part of that is the the lack of economic drivers, except cannabis, which no one wants to hear. I've said that multiple times early on and have been, (laughs) have been honestly attacked for that. But you know, cannabis is an economic driver in this community, whether we like it or not. And so, you know, within this community, our growth has been under 90,000 for the last decade. Now, whether that's actually accurate or not, that is the number we go by. And so, you know, without growth, you, you don't have this thriving community. And so I think that Mendocino County um, lags behind. And the question is, can we catch up? And that, that I honestly don't know. I would say in the 12 years that I've been here, 
you know, I, I started with this global economic downturn. And then, you know, so, so Mendocino took a few steps backwards through that. But that was necessary because, you know, we were, we were going off the cliff. And then once we get over that and we're moving forward, and that's evidenced by, you know, our increased dollars into the county, increased reserves, increased salary and benefits for our employees, then we begin to have disaster after disaster, which started in 2017. So when you talk about how you move forward and how you develop new initiatives, it's difficult to develop and implement new initiatives in, in, a, in a system that is working on disasters. And, you know, this is Mendocino County is not the only one. You have the same people who do everything. You don't bring in a whole different group of employees to do disasters. It's really the same people. You could talk to Sheriff Kendall. He would tell you the same thing, I'm sure, that he can, if he's got 23 deputies, they're doing everything. And, and that's what we have. So to answer your question succinctly, I, I think Mendocino County is lagging behind. And I think that the reason for that is the lack of growth within our county, that uh, there has to be a, there has to be a greater collaboration between the county and the cities. You know, we don't have a tax sharing agreement. This is a joke. We've talked about this. I've been here 12 years, right? But before me, better people than me have worked on tax sharing agreements in this county, and it has never come to fruition. So if there is a belief that a tax sharing agreement is going to make the difference and it is going to bring in development into this community, then that should be a number one priority. And so, you know, there's, there's, I think we're lagging behind. That's my, that's my honest answer. You know, I don't mean to insult anybody, but I think we are. And I think the only way we're going to catch up is with some accelerated movement. And I'm not sure that this county will do it. And Karen, I also believe that there's a culture and that we work in a culture. And the culture develops this beautiful, beautiful, you know, pristine rural community that we live in, which is really true. I mean, you know, I haven't left here. I've been here 14 years. Yes. Am I retiring? Yes. Am I immediately moving out of Mendocino County? No, I love Mendocino County. You know, I, I'm, I have a home here. I'm not just going to pick up and leave. This is a beautiful place to live. But the other side of that is this culture that doesn't want to see growth, that doesn't want to see change. And unless there's change, this community will continue to lag behind. And I... I, I just believe that, and I'm sorry to say that, but that's that's what I believe, and that's what I see. No, I think that's a good statement, and I agree. Um, I have, in many years, I've pounded the whole concept of their tax sharing between Ukiah and the county, the different cities in the county. That's another big issue. Growth, that's a big issue. We get stopped with growth, with the nimbyism. Oh, I don't want a development in my backyard. Um, you know, uh, the whole cannabis thing, um, all I can say is uh, a state... I mean, I went to Colorado years ago, and they had their cannabis thing all set up. Washington, state of Washington, got ahead before California. Um, it's always amazed me that we didn't get our act together. We should have. We were the leading ones. So um, I'm hoping that's not the only growth we see in the community and the county going ahead for income, because I think that's... The whole cannabis thing is in such a gray area. So, I mean, that's a whole nother topic. But um, so one of the things, because you talk about 
what I've talked about in the past when I cover the budget, I, I read the budget, I understand the budget as much as I can and try to explain it to the listeners. One of the things I've stressed is that the majority of the money that comes into our budget to this county comes from state and federal. There's very little that is generated from within for all the services and all the things we have to do. Um, so we are a money in county is what I would say. One of the concerns I have and one of the questions I have for you is that you have been very active in getting and several past supervisors have been very active in getting involved with state agents, state, state associations, I will call them, to get money, to get Mendocino County on the radar to get state and federal money, correct? And it seems like, yes. it seems like that has improved in your tenure. Am I wrong about that? And and going forward with the experience you have and the connections you have, is there going to be a big hole or is there going to be a big loss to the county going forward with that? Does that make sense? So, yeah, yeah it, it does. Thank you for that question. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> You know, I, I stay up at night, Karen. I don't want to say this, but, you know, um, I hate to say that I worry about going forward. You know, I really do uh, because there's so many things that could happen. There's so many things that could happen. And so my hope is that uh, the county will continue in the direction it's been. So let me try to uh, briefly answer your question here. Um, the The first thing is that, yes, over the course of the last decade that that the county my administration we have worked hard to improve relationships and the reputation of mendocino county statewide and i want to say this i have worked with some exemplary supervisors and supervisor carrie brown who was very quiet and sometimes got a lot of criticism carrie knew how to work with people if there was a problem, you would want to send Carrie Brown in because she knew how to bring those parties together. So Carrie and I worked together, and I, I, Supervisor Brown, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I worked with her long enough to call her Carrie, that Carrie and I worked together and we had this agreement that we were going to do everything we could within the statewide associations and with our colleagues in the other counties to improve the reputation of Mendocino County to assure that Mendocino County is looked upon favorably statewide. And I, I really commend Carrie for all her work. And so we did. We worked together. And so when you talk about those relationships and the money that has come into this county, first of all, every county has received money from disasters, right? We've had multiple disasters. All that money has come in. We also have good representation. I don't, I don't want to, to lose the fact that Senator McGuire and Assemblymember Wood and uh, Congressman Huffman and certainly before him, um, Congressman Tof Tom Thompson, excuse me, they have all been very supportive of our county. I can say that whenever we have a financial problem, if I go to uh, Senator McGuire and Assemblymember Wood, they are right there. And I believe that that's not about me, that anybody in this community that went to them for help, they are there to help them. Now, I do also believe, and I tell this to my adult children, that many times it's not what you know, it's who you know. And so you really have to build those relationships. And in my decade here in Mendocino County, 
Supervisor Brown was really, and before her, Supervisor um, Kendall Smith, who also was another one who was good at building relationships and working outside this county and always trying to get additional dollars in this county. And so, you know, so, so that's what we did. And we worked on building those relationships. I also think that um, Supervisor Dan Hamburg was probably our, our number one supervisor as far as understanding public policy and being able to explain public policy. And while we would go out and uh, attempt to build those relationships, many, many people called Dan Hamburg. And they invited him because he had that reputation and he was well known for understanding uh, public policy and working in public policy. So my point is, do I think the money will continue? I think the money will continue for a couple reasons. One, disasters will never stop. They will never stop. We will always have one disaster after the other. That is just the world we live in. Two, we have good representation that actually does care about Mendocino County and tries to get the money in. Three, we do have supervisors now who are willing to leave the county and go to statewide meetings and build those relationships. And one of the things that I've done when you, when you started this conversation talking about, you know, all of this, all of this um, you know, stuff out there about how much power I have, I personally don't think I have any power. But aside, fr aside from that, when I started this job, and this is what's important, whether you have a CAO, CEO, whatever you have. When I started this job, what I realized going from a department head and going to a chief executive officer is that you cannot run an organization at that time. The budget was 300 million and 1300 staff. You can't run an organization that size with that big a budget in four year increments. And that's what we do because we have boards of supervisors and they run every four years. So you can't do that. So my goal was to build a strong administration, not for me, not so that I would have all this power, but a strong administration that could carry this county through thick and thin, no matter what happened, no matter who was on the board, no matter who left. And albeit in these 12 years, we've had supervisors leave. We've had a time when we only had three supervisors on the board to work on that cannabis ordinance, which I believe was part of the problem. You know, so we've had a lot of challenges. So building a strong administration is really important. It serves the board and it serves the public. The strong administration that's been built over this decade can carry this county through, has developed those relationships. I take my staff to statewide meetings. I introduce them to people at the state level you know, and, and push at the federal level as well. And that's so that when I walk out the door, those relationships are still there. Knowing those people, being able to call somebody and ask about funding, applying for grants. And so I'm comfortable with the team that's here. And I think this team could work with the board and, and move this county forward. Well, that's good to hear because one of the things um, I was re-watching or watching some of the, the last board meeting last night in prep for this and some the strategic planning, I've been watching those meetings too, which are fascinating. Um, one of the things is we just had a deputy clerk re, re, um, leaving, re, um, retiring, I don't know, or she's just leaving. One of your deputy clerks is leaving. And I... I um, seeing these watching these board meetings i see the critical position for 
that the board of the clerk is and always has been. They're the ones that help set the agenda. They uh, A big issue uh, last week was um, looking at the calendar for the whole year, trying to set the calendar and all of that. Um, how How is the staffing within the CEO's department? I mean, I know you're down staff. Are you down a lot of staff? Is that a, a cr- going to be an issue coming forward also? To keep a continuity, I'm looking at continuity now because I see that, like you say, and like you, we all hear, is that the supervisors come and go. We have two up for election this year. The third and the fifth are up for re-election this year. Um, who knows? They'll continue on the same people. Maybe somebody new. Who knows? Um, so there needs to be a continuation, like you said. How's your staffing? How's that look for the next coming okay. years? So within the executive office, we yes. have our positions filled. Okay. I have an assistant CEO. We have deputy CEOs. We have staffing in the executive office. We've actually built a, a finance team, uh, a larger finance team. And so I think that uh, within the executive office, staffing is, is fine, uh, is solid. Within the clerk of the board, it is very difficult to keep a clerk for any length of time. In the Again, in the 12 years and the 14 years I've been in this county, the clerks that were here 14 years ago, even five years ago, not the same clerks that are here. And what I say about my position, because as you know, Karen, with the CEO, my job, the board um, consolidated other departments under me. And one of the departments was the clerk of the board. And so I say that in my job, the hardest part of my job is the the clerk of the board. So when we talk about the clerks and how they come and go and whether they stay or not, it is a very difficult job and people don't understand that. They are so responsible for the regulations, they're the recorders and and you know they're the ones that they come in at six in the morning and when we go home at seven o'clock at night, they're still working. So with that said, our senior clerk Uh, took a position in the community, which was a promotion. I'm very, very happy for her and very proud of her. We never stop anybody from uh, from moving on, uh, particularly within the system. If someone has an opportunity for promotion, that's fine. So we have a vacant senior clerk, and that position will be posted. We have two staff in the clerk office right now. Not uncommon to only have two staff in the clerk office. We need three at a minimum, so we will be replacing uh, our person who left. In the meantime, we have two strong staff that are in there. I think we have to watch it. So when you ask, you know, what's the future, this is an office that we're watching closely and trying to support. Because if we lose those clerks, we're into hiring uh, court reporters to do the meetings and then doing a lot of the work ourselves. And we're, you know, quite honestly, we're not all experts. Within the county system, the positions that are vacant, the key positions that are vacant, we have a human resources director position that's open right now. Our human resources director decided uh, to retire, not to work full time any longer. And so that is a key position. We have our air quality director, Barbara Moad, who recently retired. And so she's gone. So we're attempting to fill that position. Um, and we, uh, the board has discussed having a chief technology officer, and that's a position that at some point in the future, I'm sure this board will want to move on. Uh, we know that our auditor left and we have our assistant auditor in that position. Um, so, you know, so we have some, some key positions that are vacant. And I would say that the human resources director, 
the clerk of the board, those are key positions. Regarding air quality, there are very uh, stringent regulations, state and federal regs that have to be followed. So uh, we will actually be working with some of our um, um, counties uh, that are, are near counties, nearby counties, to assist us with that position. The vacancy rate within the county system, it depends on what office you're talking about, it can go anywhere from 10 to 30 percent. That's a high vacancy rate. We know that. We had a vacancy rate before the pandemic and now with the pandemic and with the great resignation and people not wanting to work and people my age deciding to retire and go play with their grandkids, it makes it even more difficult to fill these positions. So, you know, when you talk about moving forward, one of the things I, I, um, I did in preparation for this, Karen, because you were very clear that you really wanted to walk out of here with some information, not just foo-foo information. And I really agree with that, and I appreciate your approach. So I looked at some of the things that the county is doing ongoing, some of the things that the county should stop doing, and some of the things that the county should start doing. And that's how I approached it, to try to give you um, information and your, your listeners, those that, that clearly care at all about anything I have to say. I would say start doing, continue doing, and stop doing. And one of the things that we really need to do is we need to figure out how to attract, honestly, how to attract a younger population into government. And we're not the only ones. When you, want, when you talk about problems, you know, um, statewide, nationally, this is everywhere. This isn't just us. You know, for, for, for the people out there that have 20-somethings and 30-somethings in your family, you know, I have two 30-somethings. They work from home. They don't want to go into an office, and they don't want an 8-to-5 job. They want to be able to, to work from home, get the work done in four hours, take the afternoon off, and take the dog for a walk. And so it's a very different envir environment. Government, even in the county code, it says 8-to-5, Monday through Friday. So when you have talented young people who come into a system, who are educated, who want to work in public service, but you don't allow the, um, the flexibility for them to have this quality of life outside, you don't keep those people. And so I think that when we talk about what we need to do going forward, I think the county needs help in looking at recruitment and retention. And everything that we've done, we've worked really hard but we're not there. And this is where, when I said that the county lags behind, we had a vacancy rate. We know we had a vacancy rate, but now after the pandemic, which of course we're still in, but this talk of the great resignation, people not wanting to work, not having to work, it's even more critical that we get some assistance. We get some expert assistance in how we recruit more talent and how we keep that talent. And so that would be my recommendation to the board and a county administration going forward. You know, and I think that also regionalization is really important, and we always talk about that, but I don't think we do enough of it. And this county has been successful in working on a, a regional level in this area with our, with our uh, surrounding counties, and particularly the latest endeavor, of course, was around cannabis. But I think there should be more regional um, activities and, and more initiatives around doing things regionally and let and me just so, let me just jump in and say how would um give me an idea of how you see that happening when you say regionalization is that as like the csac and all of that kind of more or just 
one-on-one with I'm like Sonoma, Lake, there, and Humboldt? There, there are some counties, like we'll look at the Southern California counties. The Southern California counties work together as much as they can. And they do that because they then become a region, not just one county. Instead of 3 million people, it's 6 million people. And they have, they have more certainly more power when they go to the state or they go to the feds and they ask for something. And I think within our region, you know, we have Mendoza, Sonoma, Lake, Humboldt, Trinity, Del Norte. You know, if we worked closer together on some of the issues that we have, I believe that we could make more progress. I think we could get more resources in and we, we could um, do a little bit more around mutual aid. Now, certainly public safety does that. Public safety is really good with mutual aid. There's, you know, never been a question around fire or the sheriff's office, whatever. But I think just on on a day-to-day basis, and what I would like to see is that there be more quarterly regional meetings and that there be more discussion. I'm going to give you an example, and I hate to use cannabis again, because the economy in Mendocino County, we have grapes, we have we have cattle, we have hay, we, we have, you know, we still have pears. I mean, there's a lot that we have. And a little cannabis bit of timber. Is, and a little bit of timber. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A little bit of timber. A little bit of and, timber. And a little bit of fishing still, right? Yeah, right. So, but we focus on cannabis because it has been, you know, a number one state problem. So back in 2015, 16, when we started working, we pulled together this regional group, which was exactly the counties that I mentioned to you. It was two supervisors from each county. We developed this policy paper we sent it to the state and and it was it was recognized and so what we asked for you know as far as high hit points with cannabis it was recognized what i wanted to see which of course didn't happen and i guess it was unrealistic at the time to think that but i wanted this group to stay together and develop um, a cannabis ordinance that that mirrored each other each county so basically let's say mendo and humble had Mendo and Humboldt worked together on an ordinance, what would Mendocino's cannabis program look like today? When you look at the surrounding counties, some of them are, you know, I hate to say it, but some of them are much more successful than us. So I don't want to keep using cannabis. I, you know, honestly, cannabis is, you know, it's, it's what we do in this county, but there are other things. But I'm using it as an example, because when you talk about regional efforts, I think there are a lot of regional efforts. You know, we can talk about homelessness. We can talk about housing. We can talk about a lot of issues that cross over. There, there's, there's no line between Mendo and Sonoma. We see that every day with our homeless population. So, you know, there, you cross over these county lines and you work together on some of these issues. And I think you're stronger. And particularly with us, you know, Sonoma County they are very well connected, not only at the state level, but at the federal level. They have some supervisors that have really made an effort in working at the federal level and putting Sonoma County on the map. And so we would benefit from doing uh, more work with Sonoma County. So that's what I mean about regionalization. I want to bring something else up if we talk about things that we should be doing. I really think that this county, and this is, you know, this is not a popular thought, but this county really needs to look more at privatization. And I don't say that in a manner of let's let let all the all the employees go and just contract. I say that when it comes to expertise. We have a really good staff in our IT department, but we don't have enough of them. And when we try to recruit IT staff, our salaries will never, ever, ever compete with the private sector. 
So privatizing some of the information technology systems that we have and some of the activities we do, I think could improve this county and it could help the staff that we have. So some people call it public-private partnerships, call it whatever you want. But if we really want to improve what we do around information technology, I think we need to look closer at privatization. And we talked about the cities, we talked about tax sharing agreements. Another thing that would be really good to start doing, and my assistant Darcy Antle has been talking about this with the cities, is having an economic development person that crosses over county and cities. So basically, it wouldn't be Ukiah working on development and Fort Bragg working on development in the county. It would be all of Mendocino County working together and sharing information, sharing resources, and putting their, putting their brains together and their thoughts together on how we can actually have some type of development. I think that um, one of the biggest areas in this county that the Board of Supervisors really needs to look at is the Office of Emergency Services. When you talk about OES, we, that, that's an area that uh, really needs to be looked at. We have, we have a model here in Mendocino County that at one time worked really well. Today it doesn't work. And so you never know who really is in charge of OES. If you look at the county code, you will see that the chief executive officer is the OES director. In reality, OES is with the sheriff. I'm not saying good or bad. I think Sheriff Kendall does a great job in, in um, attempting to work with everyone around OES, and he has an OES coordinator and other staff. But you can't have something on paper that isn't exactly what we're doing. It doesn't serve the people. So my hope this year is that the board will make some decisions on what to do with the Office of Emergency Services, and we will stop this fractured system that we currently have. So let me go I'm back. Shut up. Uh, yeah, let me go back because you were talking about privatization. You were talking about development, economic development with the counties and working with the cities and all of that. And having we as a county don't have an economic development person. I don't think we have had for years. I think I did a discussion. I actually did a show with West Company about the 2030 project and how um, they've really done a lot of work with economic development and looking at the county. Um, the, is that kind of the... And then the county actually, the board actually said, hey, we're going to let you guys go forward with this, come back with us with ideas and stuff. So that's one of the areas where I see the private and the county working together for economic development is that something when you're talking about privatization it's not really privatization it's kind of outsourcing no. to get the expertise you need is what i see there well you know we do work with west company and we utilize west company as our economic development arm with businesses right so that is a public private partnership but i'm talking about something greater we serve the public we serve 90,000 people how do we serve 90,000 people when some of our systems are totally antiquated and some of them are are disconnected so how do we improve services to the public and that's what i mean when i say we need help from the outside as far as recruitment and retention i mean there are other counties who are making progress in those areas we're not i think with uh, privatization you know, we, we need to bring in expertise in, in certain areas to help our county advance, you know. And, you know, I'm not talking about thriving. I'm talking about advancing. And so I'll give you an example. You know, West Company, we know that's economic development. But when we talk about privatization, 
information. We have utilized outside contractors to help with information technology. And so they have worked with our staff to support our staff in getting some projects done. And I think we need to do more of that. Now, you know, there's a, there are, you know, there's a, there's a, a belief out there that privatization is a bad word. I think, I think it's what you do and how you do it. And, you know, I'll say this again. We don't have the resources in this county. We don't have the expertise in many areas in this county. This county is lagging behind. And if this county wants to catch up, then we need to really look at, at making some changes and doing some of these things. And uh, there was one other thing I wanted to comment on that sure, I can't go remember ahead. right now. Uh, you oh, I can't remember. That's okay. So, <laughs> Well, it'll come up as, so, as we're talking. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of notes here and a lot of stuff that we didn't get to. But, um, yeah, I guess my biggest concern is... Um, the cost of all kinds of goods and everything ha are moving ahead of <clears throat> the budget that we have. I mean, we the money that we have in the county, as you've said, is outstripping our needs. And there's this big void. I mean, I've been following just just the big example would be let's talk transportation. Um, I mean, Howard Dashnell, I've been on the air for you know 20 years talking about deferred maintenance, deferred maintenance, and now it's to the point where one of the supervisors is saying, well, maybe we need to you know decommission and go back to some of these dirt roads. So that seems to be that the schism between what we have available financially and the needs has gotten so great. That's that's where you're talking about privatization and you're bringing in experts and contract. Does that make it yeah, less expensive? We, that's we less expensive? Help. Yeah, we yeah. need help, but we, I'm not sure where we go to get the help. Well, first of all, you can't continue to do the same thing, right? And right. expect a different result. Exactly. And so when we start talking about decommissioning roads and having roads go to gravel because we can't afford to maintain them, right. I mean, that should be a red flag to somebody. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's the wrong thing to do. I, I have every bit of confidence in Howard Dashiell. And quite honestly, Supervisor Ted Williams is the one who's talked about this. And I want to say Supervisor Williams is a quick study. He has come into this county system and this man, boom, he picks stuff up right away. He has a lot of good ideas and he comes from the private sector. So honestly, some of his ideas coming from the private sector could really benefit this county. So I don't know if I answered your question. But, no, I, you know, I, I'm just, it's, it's a concern to me because I see all the needs in the county and I just don't see how we have any ability in the future to address them without looking for outside money. Um, I just, I, I am at a loss. I am a total loss. So, so Karen, you know, some of the things that, that I would have liked to have done um, had I had I had another 10 years, because it certainly would take another 10 years, is that that, you know, I get I got a lot of criticism for talking about the budget and and also, you know, always being the bearer of, of bad news and doom and gloom when it comes to the budget. But, you know, I, 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 I'm going to say this again. When I started in 2009 as assistant CEO, we had um, a reserve of $1.9 and we thought that was a lot of money. Our reserves right now, if you include special reserves, not just general fund, we're up to around $20 million. Now, that sounds like a lot of money. And I've been in board meetings where members of the public have said, you know, spend some of your reserves. Where board members have said, let's spend some of those reserves. But if you think we have, we have a county budget of $350 million annually, okay? Divide that by 12 months. 
Does $20 million cover one month? No. And we can say we get all the state and federal dollars. But, you know, it. what happens if the state and federal dollars don't come in, right? Inflation's up. We don't know what's happening uh, within our country. We don't know what's happening globally. You know, there's, there's a lot of pundits out there saying we're in for an economic turn. Who knows? But the point is that what I would recommend to this board and certainly to my staff is that we continue to look at the cost of doing business and cutting costs. We certainly need to increase salaries, but the only way we can do that is to somehow decrease benefits. When we talk about bringing employees in, some employees, they would rather have the increase of $5 an hour than a retirement system. You know, that is just, that is not in the, the consciousness of a lot of the young people that, that we bring in. I won't say that we should decrease the workforce because we have, we have a high vacancy rate, but I think we need to re- redefine what our workforce is and retool it. And that's something that, you know, give us another five years and we can do. I've talked about getting outside help. I think we need to put more services online. And we know we need to put more services online. And so we have a lot of outstationed areas. We have the Whisk and Willits. We have the uh, Avila Center in Fort Bragg. I think we really need to look at all of these locations where we have staff. And is there a way to do online services? And not necessarily to cut the staff. If you have 20 staff in a department and you have eight or six vacancies, wouldn't it be better to have online services so that the, the 12 or 14 staff that are left can do the work? So, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of areas. And disaster, that disaster uh, response and recovery, that is an area that we need to continue to work on because disasters are not stopping. So, anyway. Um, That's a lot. And so, so, when you talk about, just to, to get me online, because I'm going to be covering a lot of these topics. I mean, you're giving me a wealth of topics to cover for the next five years. No, I'm t- for the next year at least. When you talk about restructuring a lot of this internal stuff and doing things online and streamlining stuff, where does the responsibility to talk about that, to, to make proposals, where does that responsibility lie? Is that the CEA, CEO, CAO, the Board of Supervisors? Who, who initiates that and then follows through to make sure that that kind of streamlining and things happen? Where does that fall? Board of Supervisors. Okay. The Board of Supervisors. Right. Okay. The CEO and all the staff, well, at least not those that work for the elected officials, but right. we work for the board. And so, you know, and I, I believe that, you know, and I'm going to give another plug to Supervisor Williams because, you know, every time he can, he talks about IT systems and how we can improve IT systems and what other services we could put online. So I, I think that that's a key area. We know that, you know, we, I won't even talk about broadband. We know the problems with broadband. But the fact is that anything that happens, you know, Karen, the public needs to understand The board runs the county. The board makes policy and the staff implement policy. Doesn't matter if you have a CEO or a CAO. I work for the board of supervisors. Whoever comes in after me, they're going to work for the board of supervisors. So those initiatives must start at the top. And the top is the board. And I believe that, you know, this board, like I said, this board wants change. They want improvements. They want better services to the community. So I think that's something we need to look at. Um, regarding the strategic plan, I know we've got just a couple minutes left. I know we I could go that, on forever. I mean, I may well, have to have, I may, I may have we to have you come back on 
anyway. So we'll we'll leave this one. We'll leave this one alone. One thing I do want to say to you, Karen, because you didn't have all the information on the auditor and the treasurer. Yeah. The action there was an action that was taken decades ago by a board of supervisors in legislation that gave this county the ability to consolidate those positions. So the discussion, should there have been dialogue? Yes, there should have been more dialogue, but there, the board had the legal authority to go ahead and combine those positions. However, going forward, it would really help to have more dialogue than just doing it. I agree with you. Well, no, but I, I wanted to yeah. say that that legal authority they already had. So that no. shows you that other boards really wanted to do this. It wasn't just these five people. That's no, no. I knew that. I knew they had the legal ability to do it. I it was just the buy-in from the department heads. The lack of that kind of got me concerned. Right, right. All right. Well, we are coming up at the top of the hour. Um, I would say, you know, congratulations on making it this far. It's a tough job. Um, I'm, I'm going to say that that time and history will uh, place what's all been done in the last twelve years. I'm not going to do that. I think that. Um, it's been a tough position. You've gone through a lot of disasters and stuff, and we've come out on the better side of it. So have a happy retirement. If available, I would like to get you back on the air again because you're a wealth of knowledge. So anyway, Carmel, Angelo, thank you so much for coming on the air today, and I will keep tuned into those supervisors' meetings. Thanks so mm-hmm. much, Carmel. Thank you, Karen. You take care. Have a good day. Bye you now. Too. Bye. All right. Carmel Angelo, I'm Karen Audubonny. Uh Stay tuned for classical music, and I will be back with you in two weeks. There's a wealth of topics to be covered now that I have on the air. I hope you um, all learned a little bit about the county structure because it is fractured. It's not um, everybody has a lot of different ideas of how it should be run, but hopefully this board we're moving forward. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.